Welcome into DC On Screen, your guide to the DC Universe on film and television. This is episode 247. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This, a guy whose idea of a three-day bender is a Futurama marathon. <laughs> My co-host, Jason Goss. Hi. So, howdy guys. Uh, we are back from a lot of t- technical difficulties that's been going on. And it, this Hopefully. is... Hopefully. I have at least an interim fix. Our buddy Matt has basically loaned me his entire gig like all of it. I went and picked up everything. Yeah. Because so I didn't have anything. So thank you so much to Matt. Thank you, Matt Carroll of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Yep. Uh, for the help. Yeah. In that regard. Oh my lord. I don't know what's been going on, man. I don't know. I've still got parts <laughs> coming. It's not. We're not. We're not to the end of this yet. <laughs> I uh, I I suspect Mer- Mer- Mercury might be in retrograde. That's what I've heard. I know. Um, I felt like a walking AMP like for days. So we have a lot of news to jump through. This is our DCEU news episode because we split those up now in case anybody didn't listen last week. And if you didn't, how dare you? What the hell, man? Uh, so we are, we are, before we jump into the news, we are sponsor, sponsored by Loot Crate and with Doctor Strange coming out. And we'll say because of Ragman on Arrow, even though it's probably not even, doesn't have anything to do with it. But, yeah, but you know, I'll throw it in. Uh, Loot Crate's theme this month is magic. It's the magical theme. Of course it is. So, if you are on a quest for epic gear, housewares, and collectibles, then Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than $20 a month. If you're more of a fanatical fashionista, then Lootware, the monthly wearables and accessories subscription, will fill your closet with cult classics in your favorite franchises. And if you want to get fancy, get a bigger box with even bigger loot with Loot Crate DX. So, ready your wands, pre-measure your positions, and get ready for November's enchanting theme, Magical. They've cast a powerful ancient spell to deliver you this 100% exclusive crate featuring bewitching items from Doctor Strange, Fantastic Beasts, and Where to Find Them, and Big Trouble in Little China. There's another one of those weird selections. Yeah, that is a a, a strange duck. <laughs> They're gonna keep doing this to us. I wonder if they just like heard our show and decided, you know what? We're gonna put something weird in there every time now. I would uh I would be honored by that. <laughs> I would. You have until the nineteenth at nine PM Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate, and when the cutoff happens, you are done. Make sure to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash giant says team up, enter code giant says team up to save three dollars on any new subscription, and we are done with the filthy lucre segment. <laughs> <laughs> um let's talk about this Lego Batman trailer that dropped. I guess it's technically Lego Batman trailer number four. Um I am still not uh, totally on board. Like, I will watch it. I'm going to go see it. There's no, there's no hint that I might not. Um, <laughs> Do not. I just ha- don't muddle yourself yourself with suspense that he might not make it. To right. That movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't it's worry. happening. It's just uh, I'm not entirely as enthusiastic as everyone else is. This trailer, for the first time, I actually laughed more than a chuckle. Yeah. Um- <laughs> I mean, I, and to get specific, like the Joker tearing up when he realizes he's not the only villain, act that was a laugh out loud. Yeah. Come catch your greatest enemy. <laughs> Superman is my greatest enemy. Superman's not a bad guy. Then I'd say I don't have a bad guy. I am fighting a few different people. <laughs> just, I like to fight around. <laughs> he just, like the Joker just hears <laughs> this good. and tears up. It, that was good. Just the quivering lip. Yeah. The quivering lip was amazing. Oh, I, I swear there was and some I'm, glistening on those Lego eyeballs. 
Oh, yeah. And I'm actually excited to see Zach Galifianakis do the Joker. I This seems like a, in, an interesting take on the Joker. Um, I am annoyed that um, Barbara Gordon is just going to be the commissioner suddenly. Like, we don't know Batgirl? I, no know, Oracle? You know. uh, that's weird. It's weird. You know something I can tell um, you outright about the Lego movies? I, I they, they don't care I, about canon at never all. <laughs> hear me. No, you're you're never going to hear me say I'm annoyed by anything. There's no stakes here for me. Well, you know what? Is the reason These it's are pure odd popcorn. to me? The reason it's odd to me is because Barbara Gordon is Batgirl in the comic books. Well, sure. Right now, like, and on the DC superhero girls, she's Batgirl. Right. Like the branding all across the board says Batgirl, 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 Batgirl. And then to be like, except she's Commissioner Gordon in the Lego Batman movie that exactly zero people are going to go see. No, right. wait, this is going to be seen by like every damn body and their mothers. So <laughs> I don't get it, but whatever. Um, I laughed at Batman trying to figure out his input settings on his TV. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> I did like the line. I can only imagine he's going home to be surrounded by friends and lady activewear models. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, why did you build this thing with one seat? Last I checked, I only had one butt. Mm -hmm. That was all right. So some fun things for, for the trailer. I did enjoy parts of it. Other things let me, left me, uh, going with the hell. It, it will be impossible uh, to disappoint me with this thing. Mm. Just impossible. Speaking of disappointments, <laughs> and apparently I am the only person who feels this way. I was disappointed by the second Wonder Woman trailer. You are the only person you who may feels now, that way. You, yeah, you may now stab me in the back. <laughs> Tell me that I'm. <laughs> she, she was so cool in this trailer. It made me want to trade gingers so I could be her. <laughs> I think it was overhyped, like for me. I heard no hype. Well, I, I mean, do... all right. You no, know, we got the, you know, they had the like, it's a red line. Okay. I mean, I got that where there was like some hype that there was going to be a trailer, but not absolutely overhyped. Yeah. I mean, maybe I just well, didn't catch yeah, the hype. I, don't know. I sort of just it was. uh I saw a lot of hype because you know I put all the news up on on the sites and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably had to crawl through a lot more hype than I did, but it, I, I just, yeah. it, it looked visually fantastic. Themyscira uh, looked gorgeous. I had to crawl through three football fields of <laughs> full hype. of hype on your knees. Um, yeah, I mean it looked fine. I it didn't look too. Uh, they didn't really expound upon that first trailer they showed us, really at all. Almost. No. I mean, um, if you were looking for more hints at the story, you weren't. You didn't get them here. I mean... I mean, yeah. I don't suppose it, we needed them. They may have just learned their lesson from BBS, where they, like, gave us the outline of the story. I mean, you know, we still don't know who that general is, assuming it's Ares, you know. Uh, we still don't really, really know who the lady with the mask is. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone seems to be assuming she's Doctor Poison. Okay. I don't know. I guess that. I guess that's who it, w- it would be. It makes sense. Well, I can roll um, that for now. Fine. I kind of, you know, chuckled at the at the line that Chris Pine says, like whatever. What what what, what did he say exactly? The the war to end all wars. His delivery of that line was poor, and I kind of it was cheesy. And I hope that it's not in the movie. No. Um, <laughs> it just was. And you know what bothered me? Uh, Lucy Davis at the end. Oh, you know, I'm not opposed to engaging in fisticuffs if the time. You know what? They should have cut. Instead of her doing that little ha thing she did at the end, whatever the hell that was. Mm-hmm. They should have actually cut to Etta Candy beating ass. Because that's what she did in the comics. <laughs> they should have just cut to like a barroom brawl with her just like beating ass and Diana being like, oh my god. That, that's crazy. That might be something more they say for like trailer three right before it comes out. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, a lot 
colors are beautiful. Uh, it's still, I'm still like totally on board going to see this thing. Um, I did hear about a lot of people I, say like, oh man, all the guy, all the fucking like Snyder slow mo. I'm still, I'm sorry. I'm, you're not going to sell me on that yet. I'm still super happy with the shot. Like the shot where she like jumps out of the, uh, the foxhole and uh-huh. you get the bullet coming all the way across the battlefield to just to be like shinked off with her bracelet. Now, nah, man, uh-huh. you're not going to convince me that's not cool for you. We're not, I'm not there yet in my life. Right. Well, I may you know, see you one day, but we, I'm not there yet. We were at a time in our lives. We were at a, <laughs> we were at a certain impressionable age when the Matrix came out, and apparently Warner Brothers has never gotten past it either. Like yeah. I just, I will always love Bullet Time. <laughs> yeah. Warner Brothers made the Matrix movies, and they've been obsessed with Bullet Time ever since. <laughs> it worked out so. well for them. <laughs> And it still looks cool to me. It still does. Now, I will say though, uh, and I didn't really, I didn't even put it in the news because it wasn't that big of a deal to me. Someone actually did. Uh, they they made a, a copy of the Wonder Woman trailer. They just sped up the parts to where it was like in real time. Mm-hmm. All of the bullet time mm-hmm. still looked great. I bet. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of in places liked it better, in other places I didn't. Um, and I'm not saying I I. I just, it wasn't like the trailer that I, that they were acting like it was going to be, but I, I even enjoyed the little Donner, uh, reference, which she like grabbed the bullet in the, uh, in the alleyway. Mm-hmm. Um, like, all right, nice. Okay. Um, <laughs> I particularly liked the, um, you know, batting away like five bullets in a row followed by, she's really good secretary. Yeah. I think um, little moments like that cool. are going are, are gonna, to like make this film have a little, it's, it's going to be a little more fun. I think. Mm-hmm. And what we've I mean, it, been made to be. Used. It looks fun. I, it looks fun to me. Like the <clears throat> part that actually bothered me the most, though, mm-hmm. was the big like nondescript thing at the end that was just like clearly like the here's the big bullshit that we're gonna have to fight at the end of the movie, <laughs> whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it just it made me it gave me doomsday feelings from the Batman v Superman second trailer, <laughs> and I went, oh, it hurts. Don't do this to me again, guys. Come on, please. <clears throat> Because while I like tolerate, I love Batman v Superman. I really do, like, especially the extended edition. But that movie does kind of fall apart at the end, like every movie does. But it falls apart a little bit yeah. more than I want it to. Uh, with those special effects and with the way they kind of like, oh, by the way, here's the big monster to fight at the end. I don't give a shit about monsters. Give me something I care about. Yeah. So I mean, but if that I'm had been your movie, that. like Batman and Superman, just would have had like a thirty minutes worth of conversation at the end of that movie instead of. Just instead of doing, we're like at the think, at the twenty five no, minute mark. No. Lex would have wandered in, and they would have talked it out. No. Like, would have been a really nah. interesting conversation, but not, no punching would have gotten done. I don't, I don't know what would have happened, but it would. If I had been in charge of that movie, I don't know what would have happened, but it wouldn't have been Doomsday. Uh, I can get behind that. It's too obvious for me. We wanted something. Then again, a little neat, but you know, I I did I do like the idea of Superman having to sacrifice himself. I don't I don't know. It's a tough, it's a tough road to hoe, man. And I, ain't, it, I'm not trying to take it out of Zack Snyder for making that call. We should move on, but it's a thought I've had recently. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it in the moment, but um, the more and more I've, uh, more time I've had with it, I've just keep being annoyed by like it's a cool shot, you know, the, those two lying together. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, we already, had, we already knew Justice League was here, and mm-hmm. it just didn't accomplish anything for me. Like even watching it that night, I felt bad. Like I, I. I even with the Amazing Grace scenes, I kind of I was feeling something, but it wasn't like I was going into tears because Superman was was done. Right. I'm like, yeah, he'll come back. Yeah. I mean, it's not even that. Just like even still watching like Star Trek Two when you know that Spock's coming back in search for Spock. 
Yeah. Like you still like shed a tear because it means something a lot more. It feels like it feels like I'm not saying that like what they intended wasn't really meaningful and, and makes a lot of sense. It does. Uh, it just seemed like a false. Man, there was something missing. I, wasn't there? There was something missing. <laughs> they really just should have done what everyone else was saying. Like, why don't, why not just have Lois like bring Batman the thing and he gets it. That would have been that would have been a real like a true note. I'd hate to see Amy Adams go, but have her get close enough to get somebody else the spear and get killed in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Nobody's coming back. Yeah, it wouldn't uh, yeah. wouldn't be the false note of like losing Superman before a Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, you know the part in the Wonder Woman trailer where the uh, it looks like the Amazon is leaping and then she it looks like she's gonna get shot, mm-hmm. actually get hit. Uh, that actress Mei Ling Ying has confirmed that her role is Orana. I don't remember Orana in Wonder Woman. Refresh me. So I don't remember her. Do you? Uh, yeah, I think she was that redheaded Amazon that challenged Diana and actually actually kind of beat her for a minute and became Wonder Woman. And I think she got killed like pretty much directly after. So no great loss. I mean, she's I lose, one of those I characters really that's gonna be like the, the Amazons. She's gonna yeah, I do too. But uh, apparently, she's just she's there as uh, before World War One. One of the uh, one of the one of the Amazons there with Diana. Yeah, very much makes it look in like early years. Diana's choice to go back <laughs> and uh, fix man's world has something to do with it affecting her world finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I wish I was, you know, better at remembering the Amazons. The whole island I'm of them. Not. Come on, give us some slack. I'm just not. <laughs> uh, Rupert Gregson Williams is a is working on the Wonder Woman score. He's revealed. Um, this is a guy that scored uh, Legends of T- The Legend of Tarzan, H- Hacksaw Ridge, and Netflix's The Crown. He says, I'm working on Warner Brothers and DC Comics Wonder Woman, which looks amazing. Uh, now, a site that no one ever gave a shit about or heard of, Flickreel, <laughs> is uh, is saying that Wonder Woman is to have reshoots. It says they, this week we have exclusively learned. Actually, they said learnt. L-E-A-R-N-T. Learnt. Mm-hmm. That whilst the film wrapped in May, the cast and crew are heading back for reshoots in around two weeks' time. Wouldn't worry about this. Every movie has reshoots. Like, literally every movie has reshoots. And because the internet has got it stuck in its head, in its collective ridiculous head, that reshoots mean that a movie's going to suck. Everyone's, you know, crying foul now. And the, I wouldn't worry about it. Every movie has reshoots. Hey, most of the time, it's... You, you you get a reshoot. Don't get me wrong, there's plenty of times where you get the reshoot because you, you think something didn't come off right. But it mm-hmm. as much as it can be about story, it can also just be about, man, this scene would look so much better if we could just do this thing. Like you learn a lesson about how you mm-hmm. shot it, and you think, mm-hmm. oh, man, come on, studio. Just give me a little bit more money to go hit this up again. It'll totally be worth it. And sometimes they do. You go reshoot this little thing, and it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, it, the post-production process is like... A, it looks vastly different from what you're doing in the middle of the actual filming. Sometimes you get to the end of that and think, you know, we really, we can't fix this in post. We need to do this again. Let's do it. Yeah. So I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get up in arms about it. No. It, it might not, you know, even me going, I didn't like the trailer as much as I wanted to. I'm not, uh, reshoots don't mean anything. No. Not really. Not, <laughs> not anymore. Not not in today's world. Especially not in tentpole movies. No. Yeah. They're willing to throw tons of money at this. I mean, DC is just throwing, like, that. They're they're just they have money just arriving like on their doorstep in in terms of they're measuring it in Brinks trucks at this point. <laughs> they're gonna yeah, throw a few uh, back Kevin, at some reshoots, no problems. Kevin Sujiara says the uh, he's uh, seen Wonder Woman 
he was actually talking about the uh the overall narrative of warner brothers at this point he says quietly we've been having an amazing year the narrative overall has not reflected that um (laughs) but quietly brinks trucks yeah Yes, brakes trucks. <laughs> uh, he did remind uh, the interviewer that Dawn of Justice and Suicide Squad collected a combined 1.6 billion worldwide. Um, he says people overlook our consistency. Well, I don't think so. They just say you're consistently bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not saying that, but they say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I say so far, I would say consistently okay. Like, pretty good. I'm consistently uh, pretty delighted when I leave. Yeah. But, I am also, know, I admit, consistently puzzled by a few decisions, but... Absolutely. It's a giant franchise, day, and it's bound to happen. At the end of the day, I'm a 33-year-old comic book fan who never thought he'd see these things on the screen, on the big screen, so... Mm-hmm. Yep. Ah! Giggling is in order. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're getting a Wonder Woman film after, like, 76 years of, of getting screwed. Come on. It's a good days. Mm-hmm. It's a good days. He talks about how confident he is, though, that uh, they've put in Jeff Johns and John Berg as executive producers. He said that, uh, you know, with any luck, even a critic or two could come around. Um, he says, the thing that really makes me confident is that I've seen Wonder Woman and it's great. So they, they went on to talk at length about various things with uh, Warner Brothers, including Fantastic Beasts and where to find them and where they're going as a company. It all just bored me. So <laughs> I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how else to put it. It was boring. I did a quick <laughs> scroll, didn't see the names of any characters I adore, and moved on. And, you know, this will be one of those things where, like, something he said in that interview that I bypassed, like, Suicide Squad cast will catch, and no one else caught it either, right. and they'll, like, <laughs> get all this recognition. Right. I, you know, that's fine. That's why I listen to their show. Yeah. <laughs> But this seemed like, to me like it was just into like that interview. He was like, "Oh yeah, and we just totally cast Mirror Master yesterday." And blah 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 blah. Right. Blah blah blah. blah. Right. Yeah. Some kind of bullshit like that. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, this very much just seemed like Kevin Sujiara being like, "We made lots of money, and here are all of nice words that make you think that we care about the the anything <laughs> the other than making direction. lots of money." <laughs> <laughs> and maybe they do. Someone has to on some level. You gotta have a, I don't think it's him. There have to be a few people employed there that really genuinely care about the product. It's just that most of the time there's enough people that care about the money that they kind of rein in those right. people when necessary. When they think money right. might be at stake. <laughs> I, I don't think it's him. I don't think he's the person that cares about the creativity of it. <laughs> I would doubt if he's seen most of the movies that they make. <laughs> that would be sad. I just do. I think he's seen, you know, all the DC movies. That, but, that would be sad. I mean, because they're they're huge tentpoles. Of course, he's got to see those. Watching like every movie that comes out in an industry, yeah, I get you. I mean, that's a lot of time. But just just watching yours, that seems like good solid, right. a, a, a reasonable amount of homework. Hey, you know, now that we've accused yes. this man of not doing his reasonable amount of homework, I'm not going to hate on him for it because honestly, I don't listen to every podcast we do. Not even close. <laughs> I don't listen to like almost any of them. But to anymore. be fair, we were there. So uh, we were there. We were there. That's... <laughs> Takes a lot of time to do the other stuff, though. <laughs> so Clay Enos, the f- f- wonderful photographer, uh, has released close-ups of, uh, of Cara, De- uh, Cara Delevingne, however you say her name, as June Moon and Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Wonderful portrait shots. 
guy always does a really I, I could probably be pretty happy putting nothing but his photography up like all over my house for the rest of my life yeah i could decorate a room uh, uh greg silverman was recently he's the president of creative development and worldwide production over at warner brothers he was at a, at the Variety Inclusion Summit. He says I he was talking about how he feels like Suicide Squad owes a lot of his success to diversity. Uh, bear with me because he's he, he he doesn't well he speaks like I do. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, he says I feel like our movies have to be more diverse in front of and behind the camera for a complete business imperative. That the movies that we make that are more diverse and have a more world viewed voice behind them are more successful. And the first one where we really pushed it was Suicide Squad. And look, it's the most successful piece of original intellectual property and film of the year. Having Hispanic leads and multiple African-American leads and strong women in the cast and having a voice. Now he, do, now he happens to be a Caucasian guy, but he's from South Central and had a real intense passion for that Diablo character that Jay played. I don't know who the hell he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that character was a real heart for the movie. And my favorite performance out of all the amazing performances is Viola, who the whole world work, who the whole movie works because she is so fierce. And so having that diversity made us play worldwide, all ages and all different kinds of people. That's what we want. As many people buying tickets as being moved by our content and, and being moved by our content as possible. I believe that last line is the truth. The rest of it, I feel like, was lip service, but I, hey, it's, it's nice sure. lip service. I, here's here's exactly what I have to say about it. Here's my opinion on all that. Nothing. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a white guy unqualified to talk about diversity. If, if Great. Good. I hope he's uh, good for him. Right. Do you, I mean, well, so is he. But you know but what? I choose I, I not mean, to speak about it because, God forbid, I uh, there's no way I'm going to get that, that viewpoint right. So uh, there are things I, I defer on, and this is one of them. Yeah. It's... Uh, it was news. I felt like we probably needed to say something about it. I don't have much of an opinion on it. I think the diversity probably does help it. I would assume. I mean, in theory, it, it's nice to be able to have some someone that everybody can relate to. Uh, that that's about as about as opinionated as I can get on it. It seems like a good idea to have relatable people. That's yeah. It's about as good as I can go. <laughs> that very strong opinion I just expressed. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how you have a strong opinion about this. I mean, yeah, that makes sense from a business standpoint. It absolutely does. Mm -hmm. nah. <laughs> Moving on to Justice League. <laughs> uh, Kieran Hines has been cast as Steppenwolf in Justin, uh, Justin League. <laughs> Justice League. Uh, this is a cat that was on Game of Thrones, Frozen, Road to Perdition, Harry Potter, Munich, a whole bunch of stuff. Cool. Uh, chops, people. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Um... Now, Steppenwolf, in case you don't know, he's the uncle, right-hand man of Darkseid. Um, depending on your canon, he's been killed numerous times. He pretty much conquered oh, Earth 2 in the comics recently. Times. Sure. Um, <laughs> at some point, he... <laughs> Darkseid just died a few like a few months ago, for God's sake. I don't know. But he came back as a baby, didn't he? He did uh, come back as a wee Darkseid. A wee Darkseid. Dark he's a little Darkseid. He was only Grayside back then. Yeah. Um, but no, you know, uh, <laughs> this is a guy that he's, uh, touts immortality. He's got superhuman physical attributes. He's a great warrior, weapon master, expert military leader and tactician, electro axe, expert swordsman. Yes. I read all of those things off of Wikipedia. Sure. Sue me. They make great um, synopses over there. <laughs> they do. Yay. Crowdsourcing. Yeah. So, uh, it's going to be a badass. and, uh, yeah, he, he's just, 
all around kind of a god badass, like a lot of the people around yeah. that side of town. Mm-hmm. So, um, Justin Kroll at Variety, a journalist at Variety, uh, let us in on the fact that uh, Kiersey Clemens is already in Justice League as Iris West. Um, he says he did. She, she shot her. Bleh, she shot her Justice League cameo and already signed a deal to reprise her role in the Flash. So that's happening. Mm-hmm. Everyone wondering about whether or not she was leaving <clears throat> after Rick Famuyiwa left the the Flash. She expressed some discontent. I guess rest I easy. Oh, she did. She did uh, express discontent mm-hmm. over that. Um, she says Rick was one of the main reasons I wanted to do, to do the movie. Uh, so him not being a part of it is obviously very upsetting to me. All I can do is give it up to the gods. Let's see what happens. Let's see who's going to jump in. Uh, in the context she's in, when she says gods, it just feels very, very in-house. Like which, like, like the maybe. new gods? Uh, no, I think she's just kind of being hippy-dippy. I don't I'm know. sure she is. It's just that in, in the context of where she <laughs> is, my first thought is like, why would you give it to Dark Oh, never mind. Real people having actual yeah. actual thoughts. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm. Back to Earth. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I do that a lot. Sorry. Um, it's, it's okay. Uh, so Ezra Miller has was asked, um, what? <laughs> I, I I finally remember the first time I ever drove through. There's a place in like either North or South Carolina called Bat Cave. Uh-huh. Like the city's named Bat Cave. Sure. And I, it, it was everything I had not to pull the car over and just live there for the rest of my life. <laughs> All right. Sorry. So <laughs> moving on. Speaking of not being able to differentiate reality, that's my story. It's a hell of a story, buddy. I know. I know. <laughs> Ezra Miller. Uh, he was in an interview, and it was a really fun interview. A lot of it was about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And I've just kind of cropped segments out and put it throughout this news episode. Uh he was asked about how they create the flash moments in Justice League. He says, sometimes they make me run, which I was outri- I was outraged because I thought, you know, playing the flash, this will be great. You can't see him running, so this will be easy. <laughs> no, no, Ezra, we need we need you to run. We have this enormous treadmill that's called, I think, the Tumblator. That's like 25 feet long, goes 45 miles per hour, and it's bouncy like a trampoline. Pretty much a dream come true. Then they strap me into a harness. We do all sorts of stuff. What we're creating is a vocabulary where choreography meets visual effects. And what we're trying to implement is a wide diversity of tactics of how we create these moments. And a lot of the flash is his perception. And he goes on to talk about um, how they're utilizing a lot of the perception moments. Like like we saw in the Justice League trailer where he you know goes into slow motion. And he's actually in real time moving like a normal person would. But everything around him is super slow. Mm-hmm. Of course, he illustrates this by talking about uh, someone who's talking and eating and a pe- and like a crumb, a solitary crumb comes flying out of their mouth towards your face and to you it's going in slow motion. Like you could see it like every frame of the crumb coming at you. Um, <laughs> and he also talks about how uh, in, in the interview, how uh, they have a lot of great geeky physics questions like, well, if he's running this fast, shouldn't he be sweating? No, the sweat would evaporate immediately. <laughs> a lot of fun oh yeah he, he's a lot of fun to have physics conversations mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. if you talk now, if you talk also, long enough about him he's basically impossible mm-hmm. he uh he says they're they're marching forth on the uh on on the flash without the director 
um, on what a new Flash director needs. He says, I think the most important quality is the open heart. I think that the Flash has to be a story that is heartfelt because I think that's where the lightning really is. Um, oh, well specifically on the shakeup. Yeah. Uh, specifically on the shakeup, he says these processes are complicated and I think it can from afar appear to be, as you say, something interpersonal or dramatic. That is rarely the case. These are groups of people taking the development of projects extremely seriously, and the teams are changing all the time. There's often a lot of flux in who the team of the production of a film is before that production starts, and in this case, you hear about it because it's a critical figure. The directors that have been coming on and leaving, for me, is sort of a tragic relay race, and we've had a couple really incredible people carry this baton, and their marks are left on that baton, and the work that they've given to the project will certainly be represented in whatever the final product comes to be. Um, on how he's been developing the character, he says, I mean, I've been investigating and composing the character since the moment I started considering doing the screen test. Fortunately, a lot of that research is extremely fun and involves reading Flash comics and or other comics from the world of DC, the brave and the bold. And I'm really interested in the early stuff. And some of my favorite stuff is Silver Age, even the Golden Age and the Jay Garrick stuff, the original Flash. It's just so fascinating, so endlessly compelling. It's such an incredible setup for exploration. All these fascinating concepts in physics, in mysticism, in fantasy. He can go anywhere. He's that figure of the DC pantheon who transcends the realms, sort of like Hermes or Mercury before him in the respective Greek and Roman mythologies that the character's uh, creator, Gardner Fox, clearly uh, clearly very much based him on. God, and he spoke he's a little got a bit fun about, job. I like how he talks about it. Uh huh. And he also he also talks about Jeff Johns, the DC Films chief creative officer, mm -hmm. our savior. Uh, he, he says, yeah. he says, yes, he's a good guy to have around. He keeps us full of information, and he keeps us from making ignorant mistakes that would upset the fans across the world. Because you pretty much can't get someone with a deeper knowledge of this universe than Jeff Johns. That is my understanding. He is a walking encyclopedia. They've uh, they asked him about the script for the Flash. He says, I've had glimpses of various points in the development of it, um, and I'm extremely excited. So, yeah, there you go. Ezra Miller stuff. Um. <laughs> yeah, we, you remember when we weren't sold on that guy and then he just kept talking and after a while we're like, you know what? He's more excited about this film than I am. Fuck it, man. It, go go, go crazy. Well, you know what? I, I had seen him in The Perks of Being a Wallflower. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And he was fine in that movie. I enjoyed that movie. I liked the novel. It was directed by the same guy who wrote the book. Mm -hmm. and that was awesome. So I couldn't really bitch that the characters didn't fit the writer's description. Um... <laughs> <laughs> fair. but i was like okay maybe uh but i was just you know no grant grant gustin just became the flash that was where Come a lot of guys. it yeah that was where a lot of it stemmed um, from was like we were really he's doing a great job why would uh, why would you take this from him but it had to be pretty early on in our run of doing this show that there was a there was an interview that grant gustin not grant gustin sorry ezra miller did where like the first thing out of his mouth in reference to the Flash was that he won he had this vision of he and Grant Gustin meeting each other in the Speed Force, and I was just like, "All right, I'm sold." That was the turning point, I think. That was the turning like, point. This dude's already talking about Flash. He's already Earths, talking about like multiverses, and, and we're like, "Okay, yep, all right." He he's been cast all of like a month. And he's already talking about meeting Grant in the Speed Force. And mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, dude, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so over to Aquaman, Jason Momoa apparently thought he was going to be Lobo when Zack Snyder wanted to talk to him. I saw that and thought, oh, man, he would have made a great Lobo. He would have. He would have. 
He says, uh, dude, there was a lot of things that went through my head while, uh, when he said Aquaman, there are, there were a lot of things that went through my mind. I was thinking like Lobo, I'm going to play some kind of bad guy. I'm like, who am I going to play? And yeah, he said Aquaman. And I was just like, come again, pardon me. (laughs) And then he explained why. And I was like, whoa, buddy, I got your back. Um, (laughs) have you seen my hair? I thought you, I thought I was here to be a bad guy. I'm confused. Yeah. He was also asked if, uh. (laughs) <laughs> if the underwater kissing scenes with Amber Heard proved to be a challenge, and he says, nah, they're easy, bro. <laughs> so, I, I'm going to call bollocks on that one. That just sounds too hard. It's, yeah, it's probably. But Aquaman does start pre-production this month, apparently, uh, according to um, people. Uh, I can't remember who it was. No, I'm sorry. I didn't put. I didn't write that down. Anyway, the cast and crew are heading to the Gold Coast. And actually, this is just where Thor Ragnarok stopped uh filming they're like like aquaman is literally waiting for thor ragnarok to tear down their sets and whatnot and get the hell out so they can go in and film their shit for aquaman at village road so studios uh on the gold coast so that's funny pre-production is about to happen guys this month get your shit together marvel trying to make a film here (laughs) um okay so i don't know a lot of people are pissed off about this um why not i've even had i've even had people like come at me and they're like you know yelling at me because apparently i'm i'm an asshole for posting news um (laughs) brett easton ellis uh less zero american psycho you know this guy um he's an author he was uh he published a piece for the ringer called movies aren't dead but they'll never be the same Mm -hmm. and um well this is what he said they were just telling me that there are serious problems with the script for the, for Ben Affleck's Batman. He says, and that the executives I was having dinner with were complaining about people who work on the Batman movie. And they just said that they went to the studio and they said, look, the script is, here's 30 things that are wrong with it that we can fix. And the executive said, we don't care. We don't really care the amount of money we're going to make globally. I mean, 70% of our audience is not going to be seeing this in English. And it doesn't really matter. These things that you're bringing up about the flaws of the script... So I do think global concerns play a big part in how movies and what movies are being made, obviously. Okay. Everyone started getting pissed off, talking about how it was a rumor. He said, uh, they said. And um, I posted that news, and we start, I started getting some people coming back at me. Some of them really nice, really polite, saying, oh, it was debunked. So others just belligerent. But here's the thing. It wasn't debunked. Brett Easton Ellis actually just reiterated it. <laughs> he like and all these like headlines are saying oh he walked back his statements he didn't though this is what he published uh in response to the negative backlash he says during a long interview with the ringers sean Finnessy, we talked about reasons why studio movies are so bad now and touched on the global needs of the marketplace i told him something i had heard about the new batman movie as an example of what might be the problem i was talking with two executives who have nothing to do with the batman movie and who knew people who were involved with the production, as we already stated, as he said. Mm-hmm. The two executives I was having dinner with were relating the problems they had heard about the script from people working on the Batman project. That's all. I know no one involved with the Batman movie, and I didn't realize that my comments would make it to make it into the Ringer piece, or else I wouldn't have cited that particular movie. I have no idea what the Batman script is like, and I regret that it came off as if I was disparaging the project. Another reason to be careful giving interviews. But not, he didn't debunk anything. He's standing by his story. 
He all he did <laughs> he, was, as far as walking back, all he did was say, "No, no, no, no." Let me reiterate: this was a secondhand. No, I didn't hear even firsthand that there are problems. I didn't watch this conversation happen. I just heard some guy say something about a thing he heard. Yeah, this is Brett Easton Ellis basically saying, "Hey, asshole, stop reading headlines and actually read what was said." <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. That makes sense. And you know the the craziest part about this is <clears throat> it may it may be true. And even if it is, there, it's a, there's a possibility that somebody that's that's uh, uh, concerned about making you know the tightest script ever said, "Look, there's like these little things, just little stuff here." That's and someone went, "You know what? Mm. You're not wrong. It's just that's no more. That's no anyone can bring me thirty plot uh, plot points about any movie that's uh, that's considered good, right. and and you know that's not worth the money. I'm sorry. You're right, but uh, it's not worth the money." It Look, here's the thing, though. could be reasonable like that, or it could just literally be that those executives were making up, like, they were just telling a generic story and bringing up something that was current, because people do that when right. they do shit like that. And, okay, my concern isn't the executives, as I just said with Wonder Woman. My concern is the people lower than the executives who are actually doing the thing. <laughs> ben Affleck is writing the script. Not a couple of executives. No, they don't care. They care about money. That's all they care about. Mm-hmm. That's what their concern is. They know they're going to make that movie. Yes, Suicide Squad. Yes, Batman v Superman probably left a couple hundred million dollars on the table because they weren't up to snuff. And I enjoyed them, but they weren't the best thing ever. Yeah, I'm a little worried that this is going to be a continuing trend. A little bit. But, same same time, you know, these aren't the people that are really in charge of making the movie. These are the people in charge of bitching about, you know, budget cuts and bitching about mm-hmm. <laughs> bitching about you know people going overboard on their production and micromanaging crap i mean they're not going to care about ex- if the plot is makes a, all the sense in the world or not they're just they just don't it's going to be all the other people like jeff johns and ben affleck yeah i, I it's sad i i, I not sad it actually it's inspiring us entirely the wrong word i can't believe i'm at the point where i'm i trust that ben affleck wouldn't put out a shoddy movie that he wouldn't give them a shoddy script that had just a giant like clips worth of plot holes in it you couldn't believe he would do that i not an absolute mess for god's sake like yeah anybody can hand in a script yeah. that's got a few things wrong with it but not you know a dumpster sure. fire well look, Which, i mean the, and let's... that's the problem with the headlines is that the fucking clickbait headlines made it sound like it was a dumpster fire Right. And everyone and, it know, plays I, into an existing narrative where people think that's what's going on already. So you, you read that, you never even read the article because it, it plays into the narrative you already believed. Yeah, and I you know, I wanna again reiterate myself that I don't I don't dislike Batman v Superman or Suicide Squad. Enjoyed the hell out of both of them. Uh but they weren't perfect, is all I'm saying. No. And they're getting shit on unfairly. They are getting shit on unfairly. And I, I can't imagine that any movie, you couldn't pick apart any movie. Like, you totally could. Anything. And just, like, I mean, we have huge YouTube channels that are dedicated to doing nothing but picking apart wonderful movies. I mean, um, on a, honest trailers the... and how it should have ended do yes. wonderful work <laughs> with movies that we adore. <laughs> I put off watching the Avengers Honest trailer forever because I was like, I don't want to know. Wanna know I don't want to know. It's perfect. I, I want it to be perfect forever. Right. Yeah, I did the same thing. Right. So, and then I did watch it, and it was funny, and they were kind of right about a couple things, but it was yeah, okay, absolutely. and we all lived, and it's still there like a few things that a I was like happy that I had good movie. <laughs> yeah, there were things like I was happy that I, you know, I I thought I had noticed. I was like, nah, maybe I'm crazy. No one else in the world noticed this, and they're just like, why are Captain America and the Avengers just like pressing their ear without any technology there <laughs> and communicating with each other? You're okay. Like, Damn it! I knew it. I, was I knew right. that was weird. 
So anyway. And even me, I'm over here going, yep, biological implant. You're going to tell me Stark can't do that? Fuck it. Move on. <laughs> Next. Right. Ant-Man's a whole other problem. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's just move away. Just move. <laughs> anyway, going over to Man of Steel 2. Amy Adams did confirm Man of Steel 2. Though she said she heard about it the same time everyone else did. She said, I read about Man of Steel 2 when you guys did. A lot of times I find out after the fact, which is fine. It's completely normal. It's not indicative of anything. Which, the way she said it, kind of makes it feel like it, it makes it feel like it is a little bit. <laughs> but it probably isn't. Uh, she said, I know they're working on a script. And I know it's in the works, apparently. So, <laughs> there's that. That's the movie news that I've got for this week. Well, cool. That's the movie news. Um, on to our giveaway, our iTunes written review giveaway. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some more reviews. I think all of them this week are from other countries. I've started calling. I've figured out, because I'm really busy. I don't have a lot of time to mess around with this stuff. Got Grabbed little time. Started figuring out how to get the RSS feeds from uh, the other reviews on iTunes from other countries. And uh, so that's that's the uh, the three reviews that we have. Some are a little old, and I'm sorry. And I'll still be trying to put... Uh, I know there are probably others. Um, I'm still trying to get... Because they're like, like 126, 127, something like that. Gotcha. Countries that you can grab from from iTunes. Gotcha. Um this might take a minute, but, uh, so here we go with some of our, uh, yeah. Uh, and clearly not everyone, not all of those countries are going to have reviews because most of them aren't English speaking, but anyway. So that being said, many apologies to anyone who we didn't get around to getting your review. Many apologies. It is being rectified and it will be rectified. Um, feel free to let us know specifically. Absolutely. If that is a thing, if that has happened to you, let us know specifically. Email works Uh, in all countries. So, it does. Uh, Flister10 from Great Britain says, Awesome, awesome. What else can anyone say? Brightens up my boring work day. I sit at my desk chuckling away to myself. Both presenters are fab and have great chemistry. Recommend to all comic book fans. Uh, Stuart M323 says, Completely amazing, hilarious, and informative. If you're a fan of all things DC, then this is the podcast for you. The hosts are hilarious and know a lot about comics, so you get a little bit of extra information and possible ideas of where the films slash shows could be heading. The news podcasts are great for people who want to know what's coming up in the DC universe without having to look at five or six different articles. It's all here in a neat podcast bundle. Great podcast, guys. Keep it up. Uh, Jack Elk in Canada says, good podcast, just got into it and I like it. Not my favorite, probably just because it's not my first, but a good podcast (laughs) to get into for the DC fans, especially for those who like CW. So all three of those guys, I don't know about the not my favorite thing. I can't even deal with that. I like candor and that's candor. (laughs) That is candor. You know what? You won me over. Um, (laughs) Appreciate it, man. But... (laughs) Thank you guys for those great reviews. You have been entered into the third giveaway, um, of which we need four more reviews. So get to cracking on those five-star written reviews on iTunes. Uh, One out of ten will win a free DC trade paperback, DVD, or Blu-ray of your choice, valued at $15 or less. So um, that is it for the DCU News for this week we will come back with uh dc tv news hooray um in just a moment so uh thanks to christopher white randall smith jason smith for your contributions uh for this show uh we love when you guys send us stuff every time every time 
We are DC on screen. You can find every episode dconscreen.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher, Google Play. We are everywhere, guys. We are proud members of the Giant Size Team Up Network, giantsizeteamup.com for all those amazing shows, including the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, the host of which, Matt Carroll, without him, we would not be doing this podcast episode because we would still be waiting for technology to come in. Literally did not have an option. So thank you. You would not believe what I had to do to get even the episodes that we got this weekend. It's that just made it sound like Matt forced you to do something sexual against your will. <laughs> Matt, bless him, <laughs> had slightly more mercy than that. Okay. Oh, phew. <laughs> All he forced me to do was drive to his home. Oh no! <laughs> I know. It was. It was drastic. <laughs> Drives a hard bargain that one. <laughs> Alright guys, uh, we're going to take off and then start up this DC TV news episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next time guys, keep some DC on your screen. Keep some DC on your screen.